the Freed from the Real podcast is brought to you each week by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and CapeFearGames.com. You can listen to us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and MTGCast.com. Welcome to Free From The Real, episode 187. I'll be one of your hosts, AJ, and with me is the delightful Kia Soleil. Hey, guys. As ever, this is the Free From The Real podcast, bringing you all the news that's fit to listen to regarding the online game and stuff from the offline game which is of interest to us. And one thing which is certainly causing a stir just about everywhere any cards, be they digital or paper, are played, is the upcoming set Return to Ravnica. Oh boy, have they put some interesting cards out this time. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of good stuff coming out. And part of it is because of this change in the nature of of the preview weeks. Because you see it coming from so many sources. Um, I remember early on in the preview weeks when it was like you would log on to the Wizard main website and there was one preview card a day. And that was it. Whereas now... They do multiple cards just on their site, and then there are all sorts of magic websites and news sites and forum posts and podcasts that get preview cards, so there's just a constant stream of cards coming out. And as a result, we get lots of cool cards a lot quicker. Yeah, and um, the cards they do put out. And What is it about Ravnica? Something about having all... Um, 10 color pairs on equal footing seems to just bring out the best in all of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure what it is. They, they hit a home run uh, with this concept. I know, and multiplayer, multicolor is one of the most popular mechanics, as it were, of all time. And there's just something about Ravnica that, yeah, just brings out greatness. With I think maybe coming up with the guild identities really helps them focus and come up with some cards that are interesting and unique. And then, you know, you get a lot of mechanics, so there's a lot of options, but maybe it's not as overwhelming, perhaps, like Future Sight was. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what it is, but it's it's greatness. I love it. It is awesome fun. Now, among the uh, interesting things we've got is um, a very simple card with just uh, nine words, depending how you count the uh, contraction. Sorcery. Supreme Verdict. One, white, white, blue. Supreme Verdict can't be countered. Destroy all creatures. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, now we know why we got Planar Cleansing in M13 instead of Day of Judgment. Yeah. (laughs) Because of this card. I'm not complaining. Me neither. Uh, This is a great card. I'm glad it's printed. I'm glad it's going to be in modern and other formats. Because realistically, for a deck that wants to play Wrath, I don't think you need to stretch your mana base to play this because it's more than likely got some hallowed fountains or other blue-white lands in there. And then yeah. it's just a strict upgrade to Day of Judgment. Um, and if you didn't before, you certainly have now. Seriously. Um, I mean, against Zudex, most of the time the 4-mana Wrath is going to be the 4-mana Wrath and you're fine. Every now and again, I've seen them, like said, there's Japanese builds before that have played some counter spells. So it could be worthwhile there. But then, like you mentioned earlier, when we're talking against, like, fish decks, 
which try to get a couple of creatures out and then just control the board. This would be perfect for that. Yeah. Um, whatever threat they're trying to protect, they can't protect it. Absolutely, yeah. Just great card. Great card. There does seem to be a cycle of these um, uncounterables at uh, Rare. Just yeah, about we, every... Yeah, yeah, we have a whole... Every guild um, in this set, and then possibly, uh, what we would assume, in Gatecrash, the other five guilds will get one as well. Uh, there's an uncounterable card for each guild. Uh, Missourius obviously gets, obviously gets the Wrath. Um, earlier this week, there was a preview article by Billy Moreno on the main site that gave us Selesnia's Uncounterable, which is a three-mana 4-4 four, four that, if it gets discarded, just hits the battlefield instead. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then we have, for Rakdos, we have a Cranial Extraction um, that can't be countered. Mm -hmm. So we're just short of the blue and red one, which should be pretty impressive. They've got uh, good mileage in the whole... Um, uh, can't be counted, uncountable thing. Absolutely. And then speaking of that, the one I didn't mention is the one I want to talk about really quick here, and that's Abrupt Decay. Ooh, yeah. Yes. I mean, a black, a green, for an instant, but a two mana, cannot be countered, destroy target non-land permanent with that cost three or less. So yeah, Vindicate, three mana, sorcery, Maelstrom Pulse, three mana, sorcery. This thing... It's cheaper, it's faster, it is going to cause ripples, should we say. Absolutely. I mean, I just, every time I, I stop and think for a minute, I come up with another situation where I want this card. Um, obviously, great against Delver decks, which exist in you know, every format. I've been playing Del against Delver decks in the Classic League lately, so from there all the way up to, to Standard, you see Delver in play. It blows that up really well. Um, other world formats like uh, counterbalance decks, which you know get played in Legacy from time to time. This is great against them. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of options for this card. I've always had a fondness for um, uncountables, um, all the way back to uh, Urza's Rage and Kavik's uh, uh, Torch was um, quasi uncountable. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, it's just a really good card. I kind of like it more than um, other cards that you know are anti-counter. Like, for example, Cavern of Souls. It's a great card, don't get me wrong. But I always get the sense of, yes, I can resolve my creatures, but then that just leaves their counter spells ready for my spells. Um, yeah. Like, you know, if you, you know, they'll just sit there and be like, well, their counters are going to sit there, and they're going to get to use them eventually. Abrupt Decay, it's like, I'm going to answer your creature that's a threat to me, or your whatever permanent that's a threat to me, and you cannot do anything about it. Well, short of bouncing your own creature or giving it shroud. Of course, yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I like that aspect about it. I like it's you know it's a great answer for a color that, uh, pair that typically kind of struggles um, against that because you know black green like mid range decks have always kind of had problems um, against counters and decks that you know like fish decks or any decks that get a, a decent start and can control the board long enough, kind of like Delver would want to do, and this is the perfect answer for them in that situation. Yeah. The feeling I get from pretty much the entirety of Ravnica is Delva is going to get tied down and nasty things are going to happen to it. Yeah, they really want to do their best to contain that because I, I know they really don't want a situation where we get this new set and everyone's like, oh, well, these is it, is it cards are great. Let's just build blue-red Delver um, with 
you know, the cool is it cards to fill in for the Phyrexian cards that we lost. Done and done. So they want to make sure that there are elements in place to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the last Ravnica, even though we didn't get a block-constructed tournament season, if you looked at the block-constructed environment, it was incredibly vibrant. Lots of decks, lots of things were playable, and they want to make sure that's true this time. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things which made um, Ravnica so good was the mix of both multicolor and hybrid. And um, in addition to all the uh, truly fun uh, multicolors, there's uh, a couple of really nice hybrids um, sticking out, like uh, uh, Slitherhead, the um, Golgari one, which is a plant zombie, 1-1, scavenge, 0. That's a, that's a nice little speed bump card. <laughs> mm-hmm. Put it down, step in the way, and then later, you know, send the creature up a notch. Exactly. Or also, again, because we've talked about, you know, it being one counter, also a way to answer your opponent's uh, Geralt's Messenger or other undying creature. Yep. Now, the... Um... Other interesting thing with that is was with Lothless Troll, which is trample, discard a creature card, put a plus one, plus one counter on Lothless Troll. If you've got a fistful of these things in a Lothless Troll in play, how much is that troll, how big is that troll going to be by the end of that turn? Yes, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. I, by the way, side note, every time I read this card, I see Lawless Troll, um, just lol, because <laughs> I, I missed that second T. But yeah, that's potent. Even with one of these, that's a turn two, play him, and you then next turn, discard, remove it, attack for four, with yep. trample and regenerate. Yeesh. Well, not even next turn. I mean, you can discard it right on that turn and uh, have a uh, turn two, four, three on the board. Yeah, very true. Um, God, yeah, that, that, that that's pretty good. <laughs> potent card, potent card. Fits in very nicely. One that I, that surprised me reading it, one of the other hybrid cards to point out is the Selesnia one, Dryad Militant. Mm. Um, it is a green or white hybrid mana for a 2-1. If an instant or sorcery would be put in the graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. Yeah. I mean, on pure numbers alone, this is... Um, did green even have a 2-1 for one before? No. And that's, that's what I was going to say. Like, reading this, I was like, what happened? Because immediately... I think of the one mana two ones we used to have, and Savannah Lions, which once upon a time was really good. Uh, yep. We got a Samaru in white, and then for green, I'm like, how does this thing match this thing up to Wild Dogs? It's better. <laughs> it is a, it is a little a, bit better. Just a little better than Wild Dogs. It's a two one that has an upside for me, and not potentially getting screwed out of the card. Yeah. I mean, God. Yeah. This is um, again. This is. Um, Hey, Snapcaster, you were good. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and it's great that we'll be getting it as we get rid of cards like Gutshot, mm-hmm. which would have obviously worked really well against it. Um, well, that, that's, that said, there are some phenomenally good removal out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the one thing they did a good job of, is sneaking in some good removal for this set. Um, obviously, the previously mentioned Abrupt Decay, we have Dreadboard that we talked about last week, which is going to be a phenomenal card. Mm-hmm. I think one of the charms, yeah, the, the Is It charm can kill it as well. Just about every charm has some form of removal of it. Oh, yeah. 
doesn't let's see Selesnya charm yeah blows up the big guy is it charm has the zap yep Azorius charm attacker or blocker on top of its owner's library Golgari do we have the Golgari charm yet not yet we don't have the Golgari charm we don't have the Rakdos charm well, I'm assuming the Rakdos charm will have something to... Yeah, both of those... ...in some fashion. Both of those colours, if you've got three things which they do in common, something's going to die. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's another thing, just now that we're on the charm, talking about that, that does a, is something people really love about the set, and that's the cool cycles. Because mm. um, we get access to things like that, like the charm cycle, um, which for this set is really cool. We have the Guild Mage cycle returning, not as the original Guild Mages, but some new Guild Mages that, that they have made um, that are also just as cool. It's stuff like that, I think, that people really like, because they can do some really cool build around these stuff. Yeah. Things have advanced, but with a twist, and an interesting twist at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just occurred to me that uh, Corpse Jack Menace in a... Um, uh, deck with plenty of unleashed creatures is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Like, mixing those two mechanics is pretty strong um, with that 4-mana 4-4, and then they come into play doubled up as well. Mm-hmm. And it also works very well with uh, Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. Extra little bonus there. Mm-hmm. What do you think of uh, Collective Blessing, Adrian? Collective Blessing, the uh, new... That's the, the, um, the combination... Yeah. It's a combination of uh, an anthem and a um, overrun. Anthems are usually an incremental advantage. Overruns usually end the game there and then. This is... probably going to be more in the latter category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seems interesting that you can, know, you, rather than before where you would get a couple of tokens out and you do, you know, get a guy, pump, and then you play your anthem and then like another guy, you keep going. This just more seems like I build my small army, I kind of sit back, and then I slap this down and attack with everything, attack with everything, and you die. Yeah. It's overrun in fogproof form. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we have an, another interesting reprint that was mm-hmm. recently revealed, and that is a blue counter making its return that should probably go pretty well against the Graveyard Madness of Innistrad, and that's Syncopate. Yep. Uh, for those unfamiliar with it, it's um, X blue, counter target spell unless its controller pays X. If the spell is countered this way, exile it instead of putting it in your turn as Graveyard. Uh, this debuted way back with the original graveyard set of Odyssey. Well, I suppose it's not technically original if you count uh, Weatherlight, but uh, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it is pretty much perfect as the um, no, you're not having that, and you're not having it back either. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no, and it's it's a great scalable counter. Um, and now I'm I'm glad we don't have Manalink back um, to work in concert with Syncopate because that would probably get pretty annoying. Um, but yeah, like just immediately, like, I know we were talking before, the idea, like you could, it gives blue deck something because you could be on the draw, and then if your opponent does like a turn three lingering souls, syncopating it for one is very devastating. Whereas before, you were always like, oh, I, you know, I can deal with the spell, or I can deal with the counters, or the tokens, 
but then I'm still going to have to deal with two more when they come back again. Yeah. It's um, attacking the card advantage inherent in the flashback and similar mechanics. Mm-hmm. Although, oddly enough, um, it'll also work very well with Snapcaster Mage. <laughs> and against Snapcaster Mage. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad that came back. I think that's interesting. It'll be more... It'll be more entertaining, I guess, than uh, just having Mana Leak back probably would have, uh, even if it's not better. It'll be, it'll be an interesting addition. Yep. We have a, a new variation on uh, the almost archetypal uh, uh, inexpensive uh, rare demon with a drawback. Um, two colors, two black for a 6-6, six, six, which seems to be pretty much Derry Gur these days. Um Flying, at the beginning of each combat, any opponent may sacrifice a creature, if a player does, tap Desecration Demon, and put a plus one, plus one counter on it. That's a pretty interesting card. That's an interesting new drawback uh, to come up with for the demons. Mm. Uh, It's basically, uh, you sacrifice a creature to me, and uh, step back your development, and make my guy bigger. And if I've got a corpse check medicine play really big... um, or I attack you with this huge flyer mm-hmm. from turn four onwards. Yeah, I can. I feel like I see some really just brutal scenarios where you get like the desecration demon, and it's like, okay, you know, I'll make like they'll get some tokens or something, um, and then be like, I can just stall them for a while, and then on your turn, you're like, upkeep, draw. Oh, hey, look, miracle bonfire, wipe your board, mm-hmm. and crush and smash you in the face with Vix because you have no creatures to sacrifice. Now the card which um, I'm really quite a bit amused with this would be uh, Vigian Graph Mage from the original Ravnica. You're going to have to refresh my memory on that one. Yes, I am. It's a uh, <laughs> um, a Graph creature, so it's uh, zero power, zero toughness, but comes into play with two plus one plus one counters. And two untapped target creature with a plus one plus one counter on it. Oh. Well played. Put, <laughs> put a stop at the beginning of each combat. Uh, even if they decide to sack your to sack to it, then uh, oh hey, two mana flip. It's now bigger and angrier. <laughs> yeah, that would work pretty well. Uh, the one I thought of, even though unfortunately it was rotating out, um, and because you see it in like a lot of like black artifact decks, is going to be mimic fat. Yeah. Um, so then you could have that, and it's like, well, if you sacrifice a dude, he's going to be mine now. So. It's a sort of an interesting reverse of the um, usual thing with this sort of demon, which is you sacrifice a creature or this thing gets tapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, typically the drawback was more in your control, and, but I think they were a lot harder to work with sometimes. Um, obviously yeah. it varied on the difficulty of how to compensate for the drawback, but this one is an interesting take in that they put that responsibility on your opponent now to be able to contain the demon or else you don't get you. Yeah. It's also an interesting callback to the um, to Woebringer Demon, which was um, which debuted in the original Ravnica, which was everybody sacrifices every upkeep. Oh yeah, I remember that guy. He was pretty good. He was. Um, so the sacrifice becomes one-sided, but he only attacks if they don't. Exactly. Eh, very very interesting take. Yeah. I like it. Anything else, grab your eye. Uh, Well, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least talk about our newest Planeswalker buddy that has been revealed. Oh, Uh, yes. In Golgari Colors, Vraska the Unseen, 
which is a terrible name because I see the card right now. Uh, three, a black and a green uh, with five loyalty, and she has a plus one. Until your next turn, whenever a creature deals damage to her, destroy that creature. She has a minus three of vindicate a non-land. And then a minus seven of put three one one black assassin tokens onto the battlefield with whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. They definitely seem to be tilting um, the planeswalkers from this set more towards uh, multiplayer formats. But yeah, I love this one seriously. I knew I, I figured you would as soon as I read the the ultimate. And the funny thing is, I was like, this card's terrible because in my mind I just immediately thought assassins. I thought it was going to. Kill the creature or have, you know, and then I was like, loses, loses the game? What? Yeah. Basically, <laughs> um, this, this is, this is a beautiful, beautiful card. It's, um, every bit a, a Gorgon, uh, especially that plus ability. Absolutely, yeah. And that's, and that's really interesting because it's a, an automatic defense for herself, even on a board if you have no creatures on the board. Because one of the things you always talk about is that the planeswalkers that tend to succeed are the ones that have a way to defend themselves. Like, yeah. Elspeth can make a token to block. And this one's like, well, if you attack me, you're going to lose all your guys. It's quite an obvious... Um, it's an obvious... Uh, it's, A, a very Gorgon thing to do. Um, and B, it's uh, throwing down the gauntlet. It's It, it very much is... Um, I'm going to tick up to this thing and either start vindicating things or uh, work up next turn after having plus one day after playing it. Um, either I can put a bunch of um, one one tokens, any one of which could uh, kill you. So you better have something to plan in play to stop all of them. Or. Yeah, this is this. It's a mean planeswalker. This is this thing is probably going to skyrocket. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not sure competitively how strong the the plus one and ultimate plan is, but I do love the idea of her being a great answer for black green for other planeswalkers. Yeah, I'd really I'd really be a big fan of her. Like, had Gideon come back, God, I hate that that, that guy just grinds my gears, man. Mm. Um, and having her would be a great answer. So they go turn five Gideon, they're like attack, and you're like, okay, Roska, kill Gideon, attack you. Um, mm-hmm. So I like her for that potential to be that like recurring vindicate potential. Um, I'm yeah. not sure how much the assassin. I know, it's, I know it's fun and very cool, but competitively, I'm not sure how much the assassin tokens would come into play. Well, the assassin tokens are more a multiplayer thing. Yeah, because um, you do get three of them, and that's. Vraska uh, the unseen, up a couple of turns, and then Roth the board, concordant crosswords. Uh, minus seven ability. I've just won a game of Commander. Yeah, yeah, that's better than I was thinking some goofy five color deck, and you go ultimate with Roska, and then the next turn play uh, Vencer playing the Planeswalker. Minus one, all my guys are unblockable. Smash, smash, smash. <laughs> yeah, that could also work, but, but yeah, again, that's, that's of... four colors. <laughs> yeah. Two five well, mana Planeswalkers. <laughs> easily doable in Commander, but um, yeah, this is. I mean, if it, the one thing which is a bit of a, pro, of a pity because uh, they don't have the room for it is the other clause of um, uh, uh, the untouchable. Oh yeah, about killing the creatures when yeah. you deal damage. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But hey, um, a car, a planeswalker which hires, which subcontracts people to kill other um, players. That's just that's a interestingly layered and b kind of cool. <laughs> I, li- I like the idea of subcontracting assassins in magic. Hey, you summon the planeswalker. She summons the assassins. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I'm going to need you to, Nebraska, go out there and stop your image. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to hire other people to do that job for me. They're not unionized. I don't have to pay them that much. No big deal. Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, I think that'll cover um, most of the fun previews for this week. We still have a couple more weeks. I think the pre-release in paper, is the 28th and 29th weekend. So we've got a couple more weeks for cards to trickle out, and quite a few more cards to go. As of right yeah. now, we have 93 of 274. So. Mm-hmm. Although, of course, you've probably had a couple of more uh, days' worth of previews by the time you hear this, so, uh, hey. Of course. Let us know what they... Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's something big that came out, as is always the case, the day that this podcast goes live, so... Mm-hmm. So we'll be looking at it with you. Now, in terms of other fun previews for uh, things which are going to have a big impact, what's um, up for the client? Well, uh, we are now officially in the wide beta period for uh, 4.0 on Magic Online. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, you can go, uh, if you don't already have it, you can go download the beta client, and you can run that, and you'll be on the live server. You'll be playing against people who are on the beta as well as people who are playing 3.0. You can test it out, and there are a large variety of boards um, on the main forums to express your concerns, criticisms, uh, praises for everything about the beta. Yep. Um, Have you had a chance to indulge in um, the other format? I have taken a look at it a little bit. Um, I've played a little uh, here and there. Um, I will say I do like uh, the combat piece. I like the, the board um, the playmat, as it were. There's a lot of things that I think are really cool. The red zone, I th- I know a lot of people aren't fans of it, but I like that it pops up and then goes away in and after combat. Um, I love token stacking, um, especially after I had a recent issue with multiple Genesis Chambers in a match and got a ton and ton of tokens to the point where, again, you have that scrolling board where you have to find all your creatures and go through and tediously attack with all of them. So I like the stack of tokens. I like the right-click attack with everything, or right-click attack with all these creatures in the stack. I like right-click tap all of the lands in the stack. Those pieces, I think, make the game just much cleaner, much quicker to go, um, as far as the board goes. The only issue I still have right now is going to be, like we were talking earlier, with the collection slash deck editor piece. Yep. It's really hard, especially with bigger collections, to come up with a way to build your deck. We're going to have to get that list view available, and they really need to do that before it goes live because we need to be able to uh, review that and provide feedback. And we haven't gotten that yet, and until we do, it's it's really cumbersome and really difficult to build a deck as a new client. I would 100% agree with that. Um, The playmat is a big improvement, although uh, um, I'm not entirely keen on the disconnected Windows um, way of having it because the Windows just go everywhere and get behind things and you have to click through or tab across to them. Um, I wouldn't mind a 
snap to feature where you could attach it um you could attach windows to one another um if that was the way you wanted to do things um on yeah on that one thing i would really love to do because i i really have not been as conversational as i used to be on magic online since we've gone to version three the chat has been non-functional i think that goes for a lot of users and so i would love a way to be able to customize and piece it together myself um, especially if I could get kind of the chat scrolling on the bottom like it used to be. I feel like that'd yeah. be a lot easier and a lot cleaner to work with. So yeah, if there was like a way to snap uh, that onto the bottom, and there might be, I haven't played around extensively with it, um, but to be able to do that and then so that all I have fitted on my single screen, the play area and the chat bar all together, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, technically, you could resize the windows until they were in the right position. It's a bit fussy, but it'd work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like you said, just having that option to be able to snap them together would be great. Mm. Um, yeah, you had it here first, Weathers. Um, we'll more than happy to provide you any and all feedback uh, as we've uh, looked at the uh, uh, beta. And uh, I'm sure you out there or our um, uh, willing listeners will uh, be happy to do likewise. Um, we want the next version of Magic to be as intuitive and easy to use as it damn well should be. And it should have been for the past decade. <laughs> yes. Um, agreed. Um, so, yeah, I would absolutely encourage you to get on, especially, you know, if you have complaints like any – because most of us complain, and that's largely because we really like this game. Um, and we re- really like the ability to play Magic Online whenever we can, whenever we want to. And I want it to be as good as it possibly can. So, And if you want that too, you really need to try out the beta, and then they have the link there in the forums. And they've even like subdivided it to where you could talk about feedback on the collection piece, feedback on the playing matches piece, feedback on the store. So they've made a good effort to uh, set up the forms in a way that you can properly get your claims out there. Yep. We um, we want this to succeed, and uh, we can help it to succeed. Absolutely, yeah. Because um, you know what you want out of the client, and I mean, whether or not it's possible, at least, you know, get your voice out there. It's kind of like the whole voting thing that, you know, if you don't vote, then you can't really complain. So. Same thing. No, you can't. You just don't really have much of a leg to stand on. Yeah, that's true. You can always complain. Complaining is free. Okay. But that's going to do it for that. You know, you have – do we have a deadline on the, the wide beta, or is it just kind of running? I think it's um... – just kind of running and that's not necessarily a bad thing because it's a beta you yeah. don't necessarily want them to rush it out uh, on a strict deadline you want it to it's important to get this right than it is to get this out uh, right now yeah and we've all we've seen that before with previous launches of the clients so i'm happy for them taking as absolutely long as they need if it's gonna make things better and again of course if like, if like take... letting us try out list view in beta <laughs> yeah if they take a even longer time and it doesn't come out the way you want, then uh, uh, it's torches, pitchforks, and um, uh, possibly reprint um, uh, mana drain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, we've provided the link in the show notes. If you haven't already, you download the client, give it a shot, and then there is a link on that article to the forums where you can go provide your feedback. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, we have a couple of promos, which we are now aware of. Um, Thursday Night Magic Online for September will get us the currently relevant and standard card, Lingering Souls. Mm -hmm. 
if you like your braces of flying tokens and then back for more, then we have a uh, nice bit of art for this. Um, any thoughts? I, I like it. I think it's pretty cool. Um, I like the other. The, I think the two arts are just different. So I think both of them are really good um, in their own ways. And it's a good card. It's you know it's going to be playable and standard for the next year, and it is very playable. So that's a big bonus on TM on the TMNO promo that we don't always get. So yeah, two thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Now for the Mox Season Ten promo, we have a. Um old but not forgotten card from the uh, Force of Will cycle. Regrettably not quite as uh, valuable as Force of Will. Yeah, but one that has seen play in that before, and that's Pyrokinesis. Mm-hmm. I think pretty much all of them saw play at some point, except for the white one. Uh, I know Bounty of the Hunt's been used, Force of Will, obviously, Pyrokinesis, um, and is it Contagion? The black? Contagion. Yeah, yep. they've all been played before, and Pyrokinesis is pretty cool. I love this new artwork <laughs> uh, that they had, they're they putting on there from the cube. That's pretty cool. And then the flavor text, which I just read, is pretty funny. Yeah, it's um, the flavor text. I'm glad they didn't change that from uh, the Jaya Ballad original. Um, <laughs> now, <clears throat> now, there's somebody who would make a good new form Planeswalker. You could just use the Spellshaper version. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty good, yeah. And we might potentially have a mono-red planeswalker that would actually be useful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not to mention actually in touch with, ma- with Magic's history rather than shoehorned into the modern era. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a pretty cool card. Certainly sees some play um, in some formats here and there. I know Goblins has played it before. It's a great way to clear out uh, space to get your Goblin Lackey through to play a siege, free Siege game. So. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yep. Right. I think that kind of covers all the news for this week. Now, this is podcast number 187. Uh, for those of you who play Magic a long enough time, will recall back when Visions came out. Ooh, that was a ridiculous amount of time ago. Um, <laughs> 95? 94? 96? Somewhere in that range. Something truly silly like that, yeah. Uh, when that came out, there were a few creatures who earned the nickname of 187 creatures, that being the uh, uh, police radio um, note for a drive-by, because they did something when they came into play. So in honour of that, uh, what's the prices of the uh, big uh, standard uh, 187 creatures we currently have? Uh, well, yeah, we went ahead and pulled some of those, and pretty interesting stuff. It seems like come-into-play abilities are still really good. Um, for example, hovering in the close to eight dollar range or a little above eight dollars, you have hits like Snapcaster Mage, Geralt's Messenger, and Restoration Angel, um, who are all rares in the Mythic era that have pretty strong price tags uh, holding up for them. Yep. Um, one which did, which was up there, but is um, winding its way down as it prepares to exit standard. Blade Splicer. Mm-hmm. The have a 1-1 one, one and a 3-3 three, three first strike uh, for 3 card. Um, kind of good value. Yeah, he did some good, but like you said, about to rotate out of standard. I don't think he is ready to quite make the cut for modern. That could change. but. Mm-hmm. And one uh, one eight seven and uh, I presume 7 eight, one because it does it in reverse as well, would be um, Thrag Tusk. <laughs> Not sure what the code is. 781 uh, code would be, but yeah, Thragtusk, very powerful card, very potent. Uh, 
and uh, does a lot. Um, he's a he's a workhorse or a work uh, a work beast. I'm not sure. Yeah, work beast. He's a beast that works pretty damn well. Yeah. Um, another one's a couple of new ones, and in the mythic category, we have a uh, Huntmaster of the Fells, who's still doing good, still up there, and he has all sorts of one eight sevens and seven one eights and eight one sevens, depending upon how you look at it. Um, and he's at eighteen oh five. Yep. And Thundermore Hellkite, which is the you know all those tokens you just put into play with your new promo card, they're gone. <laughs> and to the face for five. That's the one. Yeah, and he's doing good at uh, 743 in a base set that has tumbled in value on most of his cards. So it's still pretty strong. Yep. And the originals? Uh, not so good. They don't stack up so well um, in this day and age. Uh, if you, you could pick up the original Visions copies of both Necrotal and Man of War for 11 and 20 cents, respectively. Mm-hmm. Good for the old school, but um, quite a few people have graduated since then. Yeah. <laughs> And they've been reprinted multiple times. And not for I do still have an original uh, paper Necrotal that a friend of mine had written on, and it put less, he wrote lesson number one in card advantage on the Necrotal, <laughs> <laughs> which kind of was. <laughs> yeah. Like, I kill one creature and then block and kill another creature. <laughs> hmm. And probably still have a creature in play. Yeah, <laughs> typically. All right. Uh, so that's some fun prices for this week. Um, and by the way, February 1997. That is the release date of Visions. Good grief. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Charlie Brown said. Mm-hmm. All right. Question of the week. Have you played on the open beta? And if so, what do you think? We're not the official forums, but we'd love to hear your feedback on how you feel the beta is going. General critiquiness. Yep. And if need be, those who are checking the official forums could always uh, listen to the podcast as well, because, well, same reason you're listening to it. It's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> mostly, yes. for the, mostly for the British accent. Well, yeah. Yeah, some people like American accents. Eh. Strange, strange people. Yeah, very, very strange folk. Yeah. All right. Uh, AJ, what you been playing? Um, I think we might actually want to ask the question of the week. We did, didn't we? The open beta? Yeah, I suppose we did. Um, but yeah. Um, I've been playing uh, the usual weekend uh, class- uh, tribal classic event, and uh, as I've mentioned before, I'm working through the uh, list of uh, extra money-grabbing achievements. Um, and one of the hardest ones on the list was win a match when every single non-land card in your deck is casting cost five or higher well that went out yeah <laughs> as soon as i read like because when you posted this and i read this before we had got to talk i was like what in the world how did he manage to do this so how did you manage to do this aj um the main thing was uh, the cloud post engine uh, although without its usual one mana uh, expedition map um, peace finders this was pretty much um, pray for a cloud post, mulligan aggressively until you get a cloud post, and or stuff that would work well as soon as you top deck a cloud post. Um, and a bunch of cards which, when they hit play, will do nasty things to your opponent, provided they can hit play. 
Um, and a few bell-based portals because sometimes you just want to drop a 11-11 undestructible infect trampling guy early. Oh yeah, I guess those are all right. Yeah. <laughs> I went with as many really horrid um, uh, golems as could fit in a, um, a deck. Both of the uh, colossi from uh, the Mirrodin blocks, Sundering Titan and Platinum Imperian to round it out. And Golem Artisan, because sometimes you just want to drop a 11-11 uh, um, Trample Effect guy and give him haste and flying. <laughs> I mean, I guess. If you want to, you know, build an infected in a chroma of sorts. <laughs> yes, Infect Chroma, Angel of... Um, I don't know, and I don't want to know. <laughs> yes, I'm not, I'm not sure what the hell the title would be. <laughs> So how do you do? I know you. I know obviously you won at least one match. Uh, yeah. How do you do overall? Um, funny story. If you've got a deck where the cheapest card you could possibly play is five mana, and your opponent in both game and in game one and game two drops a um, turn two Gaddic Teague, you're in trouble. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's not not fun times. Yeah, uh, that was uh, round one. Round two was generic elves, you know. Um, I nearly thought I had him game two of that, but unfortunately the card in my hand uh, wasn't a all is dust, which would have um, shoved his overextended board into the bin and put a huge smile on my face. Uh, but a uh, relatively useless in the circumstance um, uh, spine of his char. So, yeah. Nothing important to report there, and match three was um, what I needed to uh, get the uh, achievement and uh, sit back with uh, one of the most egregious things on the list ticked off. Yeah, definitely. Well, congratulations on that, man. Mm -hmm. As for myself, I've been uh, playing Classic mostly right now. Um, I'm kind of done with M13 Limited, and playing in the league, I've tried to get a few more matches in here and there, mostly because I making a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I need to work on that. Um, but I actually got to play like a daily event recently. didn't go too well um, overall. I went 2-2 two and two in that. And shouldn't have even done that, but I got lucky against an opponent who misclicked in the middle of his uh, time vault voltaic key combo and shipped the turn back to me with, with Leaf Long Board. Um, <laughs> so he took he had taken like four consecutive turns and then he did... He did a bunch of stuff in one turn and then but forgot to do his uh volt key piece. So when he ended the turn, he's like, Oh, you got to untap. Oh, you're gonna attack me with a bunch of dudes, so I'm dead. Yep. Um so I should have been out earlier, but that's not the way it goes. And overall, you know, I'm still working on it. I'm getting there, I'm trying to tighten up my play overall and uh just keep, you know, plugging away at that. Keep on keeping on. Exactly. All right. That's uh, pretty much everything we've got for you this week. So uh, until next week, um, enjoy the uh, Ravnica previews and uh, tune in. Goodbye. Bye.